Let's review some films. Let's review some films. Let's review some films. See what we gotta say. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the franchise Strikes Back. This is Tim here to kick things off. Normally, you would be hearing Steve introducing the episode, but this episode is going to be a little different. So far, we focused on film franchises in this podcast, but franchises, of course, exist in other mediums as well. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to jump outside of the film realm, and we're going to do a special gaming edition of Franchise Strikes Back to discuss one of the most critically praised video games in our modern era, The Last of Us. That's right. Depressing 2020 in a video game. So here to talk about that with me today is a special guest panel. We have uh, Jason Mingus. Jason, how are you doing? Good. And yourself? I'm, I'm here. I'm, <laughs> that's about, I feel that's about as well as any of yeah, us can be at that's this normal. point. Uh, and also joining us, uh, you may recognize her from uh, some of the uncanny cinema episodes that uh, our sister podcast has been putting out, Jack Macklin. Jack, how are you? I'm doing great. Happy to be the token female here on this podcast. Yes. Good. We're glad to have you aboard. Uh, what are you drinking today, Tim? Uh, I have a clicker. I hardly knew her. And <laughs> this is this is basically, um, I wanted to do something mushroom incorporated because of the, the fungus, the fungus zombies uh, in the series. So uh, Caitlin kind of gave me the idea for this. So it's basically a, a twist on a martini. It's it's the oh. juice, the juice from canned mushrooms mixed with some gin. And uh, I put in some red food coloring to mimic blood because you do not want to fuck with the clickers. <laughs> How is it? Uh, it's not bad. I mean, it really but it's is. it's not good. It's, it's similar to a martini. If you don't like mushrooms, it's going to be gross. Uh, but I like mushrooms, so it's just kind of weird as opposed to bad. But I have, I have regular whiskey to chase it down when I'm done. But honestly, it's, it's doing the job. I, I, sounds... I, I appreciate you went uh, with your fiance's suggestion, but I think the coffee would have been like the coffee and Bailey's would have been a, a better move. That would have been on point because Joel does love his coffee. I, however, hate coffee and I wasn't going to waste like a whole pot of Caitlin's coffee for something that I probably wasn't going to end up enjoying because then she'd just get mad at me for using her stash. Tim, the anyway. guy that enjoys mushroom juice, but not coffee. Mm-hmm. Look, that says all, it all. Turn, turn all this have, off right now. We all have our priorities. <laughs> but enough, enough about my weird alcoholism. <laughs> we are here to talk about uh, this, this really just kind of incredible game series because it's... These, these are AAA games, but they do a lot of things that we don't see a lot in like big blockbuster video gaming. So I'm really excited to talk about a lot of that. And before we get into the rundowns and everything, I do want to throw out there because most of the franchises we've talked about so far are older, you know, from the eighties or at least a few years old and, you know, things that spoilers don't really come into play as much spoilers come into play with this series. So for anyone who has been wanting to get into this series and wants to kind of experience some fresh, beware, because we're at some point we're going to be talking about the ending of both games because there's no way around it. There's no way to not talk about the endings. So here's here's your big spoiler 
alert for the episode. But uh, let's talk about just our, our feelings on the series as a whole, like a quick two minute rundown. Jason, do you want to start? Yeah, uh, for me, uh, it's it's the GOAT. It's the greatest thing I've ever played, of both games. So, I mean, I, I could spend 20, 30 minutes talking about it. But for me, uh, they both are, they're the greatest because they've, like, elevated gaming in a way, I feel like, that we haven't seen before. So part one and part two, I feel like it just got, it got better. Yeah. Jack? Um, I absolutely loved uh, the first one. Um, and I love this one. I really wasn't sure going in what I would think about this one because, man, that is some big shoes to fill after the first one. Um, but I absolutely love the series. I haven't played the uh, the other two, the DLC. Um, and there's another piece, too. What's the other piece? No, there's left the... behind DLC, and then there's the comic, American Dreams. Ah, American yeah. Dreams is the comic. Okay, so I have not experienced either of those two things, but these two games, love them both. And I'm not um, much of a... Uh, I'm not into shooters so much, which is a little bit of my great shame as a female gamer. I feel like in order to be taken seriously, you have to love shooters, but I don't so much, and that's okay. Um, but I still loved playing this game. I loved the first one. Uh, and this one, at least, there are many ways to play this one so that even if you're not great at shooters, you can still really love and enjoy it. So I appreciate that about the game makers. Can, yeah. I, can I actually just say to your point, like, it felt to me a little bit like playing a, a movie or a TV show. Completely. So absolutely. To, as somebody who likes the shooters and I, I, I like a lot of stuff, I was absolutely i love the fact that it wasn't really like that like you said you could play it a different way and totally it was more of an experience so that was a great point yeah i think i, I and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to do these games for this podcast because like you said it's very it's very narratively based yep it is you are essentially playing a story and it's and it's a very good story. And I think that that does get to a potential criticism of the series in that it really doesn't offer you a lot of freedom. True. In the, in the combat, like Jack was saying, like if you're not big on shooters, there are ways that you can avoid combat. And it does give you a few options there. But in terms of the overall game, it is incredibly linear. There is a very specific experience the game wants you to have. <laughs> So I you can you can be playing it and screaming no 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 I don't want to do this while you are doing it. <laughs> exactly but you have no choice other than to do that yeah which it, I think it, was the biggest uh, my biggest the biggest thing about it that I thought was great yeah. was having that experience but yeah it's and and the fact that you know on the on the surface you know this series presents itself as a zombie survival horror game so you know if you were just looking at the initial trailers or promos. You know, it kind of comes across like, oh, maybe this is like a more grounded Resident Evil kind of thing. Like, you know, Resident Evil by way of Cormac McCarthy. But when you actually get into it and start playing, just what continually blows my mind with these games is the depth and care given to all of the characters that you come across. And even characters that you don't actually yep. come across. That's something I want to talk about later. But it's it it comes together in a very like emotionally rich and 
and devastating way to, you know, like in a certain, in a certain way, I feel like, especially once we start getting to the endings and start really talking about part two, this is essentially going to function as a support group for us. (laughs) Yeah. Which I need desperately. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, uh, Jack, you literally just finished part two yesterday, correct? I did. That's absolutely true. Uh, And immediately, uh, I have four roommates at the moment, uh, and several of them were extremely invested in my playing of this game. Um, So uh, (laughs) they were all asking questions like, what's going on? Where are you in the game? What's happening? Uh, But I did actually finish it pretty late last night. So I finished it all alone, and I'm just sitting in my living room staring into nothing while I'm listening to the credits music and just just sitting there in my feelings and not knowing what to do with myself. Yeah. I feel like that's uh, that was my experience with both when it got to the end. Yep. Is I was essentially just, I was awestruck in like the complete sense of the word where the credits start rolling and I'm just kind of like sitting there deer in the headlights. Yep. But um, let's let's rewind because we, you know, we're we're kind of, jumping ahead of the cart, so to speak, talking about the endings. But let's let's kind of dive into that first game and talk about the first Last of Us for a little bit. And one of my favorite descriptions that I ever came across was from Jonan Vasquez, the creator of Invader Zim. Because I remember when the game first came out, he he tweeted out something that went along the lines of, the Last of Us is the up of video games. 10 minutes in and you're bawling like a baby. So and true. That I thought was like, yep, that's basically what this is. Because you get through that prologue where it, first of all, like, you know, from the the cover of the game and the promos and everything that you're going to be playing as Joel, who is kind of the main, who's the protagonist, the main character of the first game. But when you start playing the game, it drops you into the game as his daughter, which I thought was a really a really interesting way to start the game off and kind of use her as a way to get you a little bit familiar with the basic controls of the game. So even before we get to like the end of that prologue, like how, like how, how did, how did that feel? Like when you started the game and you're like, I'm playing as this 10 year old girl, what's going on? Uh, it has been a very long time since I've played that game um, because I played it around when it first came out. And I don't even know when that was. Just a long time ago. 2013, um, I believe. Good, good. Someone did their research. I appreciate it. It was not me. Um, <laughs> but I do... I remember just that being a bold choice. Like, the way that that built on itself. Because it starts off with just, like, you wake up and the TV, I think, is on. You fell asleep on the couch and you're just kind of wandering around. And as you're wandering around the house looking for your dad, you're... Uh, hearing things on the TV about some outbreak or some fires or like just some bad things are happening. And then it starts to actually impact your real world. You're hearing things outside. You're seeing fires off in the distance. You're hearing sirens and gunfire and like all of this stuff. And it's just building and building and you know, something's going to go crazy. Um, And that I think sets the tone for the entirety of the series. That is something that all the game makers are very good at is building that tension. And, I know that having not played the game for a very long time, uh, I actually sat down and watched like a movie version of uh, the first game before sitting down to play the second one. And let me tell you, that intro hits very differently in quarantine than it did when I played it in 2013. (laughs) It is very stressful. 
Yeah, these this is this joins the ranks of you know Mad Max and Twenty Eight Days and Weeks Later that we've already done. Where this is not this is not the best pop culture to consume in the middle of a global <laughs> pandemic, but also maybe it's the best. I don't yeah. I don't know. It's it's really something. But I I just especially as I revisit the game, I love it because having us play as Sarah allows us before the game really kicks off to see Joel through the lens of his daughter. Because I think, you know, we've seen, we've seen the, the grizzled, the grizzled male protagonist in so many video games. And it's really easy to just not give a shit about that. And if, if you started the game with him in uh, what is it? Boston. Is that where he starts in the last of us? That's a great question that I don't know the answer to. Uh, yeah, I think I think it might have been. I don't remember. It's it's somewhere on the East Coast there. Um, if we just started off with him in that quarantine city and everything, and he was just another emotionally detached dude that, you know, has to learn to love, you know, it would have been much more difficult to care. But because we see him through Sarah's eyes first, and we grow attached to Sarah, and then we watch this character that we had just been playing with die so soon into the game and see Joel's reaction to that. When it, when it flash forwards to, you know, the main timeline of the game, all of it, all that like bullshit masculinity and emotional attachment, there's an understanding as to why he's acting that way that you wouldn't have got otherwise. And that other games kind of just, forget to do with their characters well i I, to to piggyback on that i feel like my biggest criticism with just games in general and i'm a you know 43 year old game player i've been playing since you know atari since they started making games and uh uh, my biggest criticism is when you're going to play a game as your story is being told to you you're being told something happened to these characters or you maybe you see a flashback but to your point, you're actually playing in that. So there's a lot more investment, you know, when things actually happen. Like I've played revenge games before. Not that this is strictly a revenge-based story. It's not. It's I'm sure we'll get into it. It's much bigger than that. But um, when you have an investment like that, when you're playing as the characters and seeing it through their eyes, it's way easier to get emotionally connected. And when I was playing The Last of Us, uh, my ex and I were separating. And I have a daughter. That, so, like, there was this, to me, I mean, there was this very real po- possibility that I wouldn't be able to see my daughter anymore. And so playing this game and having Sarah die was like, I mean, I had to stop the game and just ball. And that was the first oh, yeah. time that's ever happened in a video game. I, I don't, I've, I cried so much through the first one, and I cried even more through the second one. So much. And I figure if a game can do that, it doesn't matter what else is wrong with it or what people have to say, because it you know, gut punched me really hard. And I enjoy good gut punching, just so we're all clear. <laughs> so the next time any of you guys see Jason walking down the street, just, yep. you know, Sock him. run up, punch him in the gut. Please, yep. please keep a mask on, but yep. go up and punch him in the gut. <laughs> yeah, I'm a ginger, so no one will think anything of it. They'll just be like, ah, you deserved it. You're used to it. Yeah. But yeah, and I, yeah, so, and then when, you know, as the story goes on proper, you know, he meets Ellie and most of the 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 real through line of that first game is Joel and Ellie's relationship and at the how he eventually starts to care about her 
in that kind of daughter sense. And it's not, it's not the most original plot wise. And I think you could say that about the series as a whole, like in terms of just strict plot, it's nothing that you haven't really seen before, but they, they take such care in building out the world and building out the characters that, yeah, I've seen, I've seen this trope before. I, I know in general, or at least, you know, you think, you know, in general where the plot's going, but it doesn't matter because now you have these characters that you care about. And like when I, when the first time I played the last of us, like I got halfway through the game and I realized if Ellie dies, I'm just going to break the TV. Like I'm going to go into a (laughs) full blown rage. Like if anything bad happened to her, I was ready to riot. Yep. Absolutely. Well, you know, the the interesting thing about um, this flip of playing the different characters and getting you emotionally invested, it's really cool because you're playing as Sarah in the beginning. Again, not many games I'm playing as a, a female teenager. Maybe like Life is Strange and a few other things. But uh, and then the middle of the game it flips, and this was this was the best part was when it flips and you play as Ellie. Yeah. Who's like trying to take yeah. care of Joel? Yep. Um, so I, some of the criticism I ran into was people like hating that, and I was of the first that was, or like, the second. My, sorry, the first, the first one. one. Okay. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts because it was she Joel was it was injured and sick, and she had to go out and do the work, and it was cool too because thus far you're playing as Joel and you're shooting things and just being like this blunt instrument, and then you're playing as Ellie that's a little more sort of light and stealthy and just. Yeah. Dexterous, maybe. I don't. Well, yeah, because I mean, and and the game. I mean, the game knows. Like, she's a fourteen-year-old girl. You can't mm-hmm. play her the same way you can play this. Like, I don't. I don't remember his exact age, but like this middle-aged, very fit dude. Yeah. So you know, they they change the 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 play style accordingly, and just as a storytelling from a storytelling perspective, that was a great moment too, because the the first game is split up into the seasons. So that's right. So fall ends. And that's like Jason said, Joel gets injured. He gets like, he falls on a pole. It kind of goes through his side. So he's, you know, like, so fall ends and like Joel has fallen off a horse. Ellie's yelling to get up. It like fades to black. And then you see winter and you know, it's snowy arrow comes off screen and kills this rabbit that you've been watching hop around. And then you see Ellie go and take the arrow out, sling the rabbit over her shoulder. And then all of a sudden you're playing as Ellie. And my first thought the first time through was fuck, did Joel die? Yeah, like, I know. I like, like yeah. are, am I just Ellie now? Like, is the game going to throw that curveball at me? Where now, you know, the, the second yet. half of the game. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> But yeah, like for that moment, until until you catch up to what's actually been going on, there's that real sense where is the rest of this game, like the game just going to be a completely different thing from what it has been up to this point. Yeah. And I think I think the the series as a whole does a very good job of not not always upending the expectations, but turning your knowledge of how things normally go against you. Yeah, they're yes. subverting the expectations. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it does, uh, one of the things that the series is good at is uh, giving you a lot of cues as to when you should start panicking and when you can stop panicking. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it uh, will, you'll either get a, a verbal cue or a visual cue that, hey, there are enemies nearby. Um, or an uh, audio cue. Yeah, exactly. There's some the sort music. of, 
yeah, that's true. The music, um, I know, especially in The Last of Us 2, it was like um, some like your character would take out their gun or you would hear something. They would immediately go crap and like crouch or definitely music starts. And then you would also know when you were done with this patch of enemies by the music would stop and usually your character would say something. It's like, okay, all right, I can calm down now. But mm-hmm. there are lots of, they they set all those things up, but then every chance, not every chance they get, but pretty often they're like, eh, we're not going to do that this time though. We're going to surprise you. Uh, and that's makes playing the entire game very nerve wracking. And then, and then you pee yourself a little bit, a little bit, a little oh, bit, all the time. A tiny bit. Yeah, every time you have to crawl under something, you're just going, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, <laughs> every time. And I and I know some people will will balk at that, like they want that hardcore experience where there aren't those kind of signals to always let you know when things are coming or when things are done. And I can understand, like, I can understand wanting that challenge, but at least for myself, I found that welcoming so that Same. I wasn't, it wasn't just a constant anxiety the entire time yeah yeah i want to be able to explore i want to be able to check things out and i want to know when i'm like okay to do that yeah i uh i I did notice and i don't want to jump out of the first one but they definitely in the second one changed that a little bit because there were some character deaths that were so surprising there was no cue which i also enjoyed so i feel like they're self-aware enough to know what they've done and then sort of how to do how to mess with that later yeah What's well, it's it's the it's the like old writing rule. You have to you have to know the rules in order to break them. Yeah, correct. and and they do a good job with that. Absolutely. And one thing, one thing that the games, both all of the games, do very well. But I want to call attention to one of the ones in the first one in particular, is, you know, I mentioned that they they do a really good job of creating like giving depth to all the characters that you see and also characters that you don't see. And I think one thing the last of us does really well is give you those peripheral peripheral narratives that you discover by like finding, you know, documents and like artifacts that people have left behind and stuff like that. Um, And as you go through areas, like each area kind of has its own little self-contained narrative within those letters and notes and stuff like that. And one that I loved was in... Please tell me Frank. Is it going to be Frank? Is that in first one or second one? Bill and and Frank? Oh, that wasn't the one I was thinking of, but that is also a very good one. Where you, you know, because if you just focus on the cutscenes when they get to Bill and his little, like, anti-town that he set up, you know, he, he, he makes references to Frank. And, you know, you can kind of get a sense of what's going on just by what he says. But yeah, as you go through the different homes in that little town and you find like the little documents and artifacts and stuff, when you do actually find Frank, like everything, like it fills everything in. So now the things, the text that Bill is giving you has so much more subtext to it than it would have otherwise. Yeah, and, he, and even that little uh, exchange uh, had a twist, and it seemed like Bill was gay, which he didn't necessarily know. He kept saying his partner, which I yep. thought he meant his partner, like his. They were coworkers yeah, at a yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then to find out that they were like lovers, and Bill, this like hardened asshole, had found companionship, I was like so excited. And then to t- the twist is Frank thought he was kind of a douche. I was like, yeah. that yeah. was fantastic. Well, and 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 that's a. Actually, I'm really glad you brought that up because that actually is probably better than the one I was going to bring up. Mm. But because 
Sorry. That, no, because that whole section then, like, because Bill, like, Bill had someone he cared about and essentially drove him away. And I feel like, like, the game, like, very, very well set Bill up to be kind of like a ghost of Christmas future for Joel. Yes. Yeah, 100%. That's who Joel's going to be if he doesn't, like, open himself up to, like, Ellie or anyone else. Like, so, like, Ellie's his chance for salvation. And that, and, and, and the fact that, like, the game kind of presents it that way kind of makes, makes the end that much more kind of fucked up in a sense. Yeah. But, um, the one that I was going to bring up is when you meet, um, Sam and his little brother. Oh, like, yeah. Sam, little brother. Uh-huh. Um, but, but when you go through the tunnels with them yeah, and you see all the signs and the notes and it's basically, you get this little mini story where this guy had like a band of survivors, including a bunch of little kids. And he was trying to set up like this safe Haven with like little play areas and stuff for the kids and like you get all this stuff like oh here's this person trying to like his best to do something nice and then as you go through obviously it turned out horribly yeah but it's it, it, it was just such a great way of delivering that narrative organically yes without it just being the character saying things yes it's very good uh my personal favorite is actually in uh last of us 2 I basically in one area um, opened, had trouble opening a door. I'm like, okay, that means there's going to be something, a jump scare behind it. But when I opened this door, a so many zombies came at me all of a sudden. Uh, it had to be like, uh, I, I don't know. I can't count. I so, think I literally just played that before this podcast. Cause I'm, I'm replaying last. I'm considering replaying it in yeah. new game plus. So I think I yeah. literally in Hillcrest, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. you know what plot I'm talking about. So <laughs> they come at you, and it's like crazy. And uh, Ellie mentions, like, man, I think they were locked in there. How long have they been there? And as you're going through this town, you're finding all of these uh, notes and stories um, where this guy, uh, all his like the neighborhood is talking about how this guy has gone crazy after the WLF killed, I think, his daughter. Yeah. Um, and he was getting really mad and wanted revenge. Uh, and then as it turns out, you f- end up at his house eventually. And he leaves a, a note where he's like, uh, the whole town should have banded with me to fight against WF when they killed my daughter. And because they didn't, I'm locking them all in this. I drugged all of them, dragged them all to this garage, locked them all in with an infected. So they're all going to have to watch each other turn. And it was like, holy shit like that's so dark and it was amazing it was such an amazing uh little tiny plot thing not even little tiny it was just like they built in this jump scare but also had this story around it and that's Mm -hmm. they're always so good at that the game makers in this series they 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 i i did listen to some interviews a while back and uh, i don't remember what was being discussed but it was something small and minor and neil is it Druckmann? Right, it's Neil Druckmann, right? Druckmann, yeah. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I know the whole story behind that. And he starts talking about it. And it was like, clearly they had that for everything. Everything had mm-hmm. a had a, a thought out story to it. But, you know, I don't want to talk about necessarily the uh, each individual little note and what was cool. But what, yeah. the second one, since you brought it up, the second what I really dug is I kept finding these real positive notes, which I felt oh, was like, true. was a was like people were trying to help each other and they're trying to rebuild and they're trying to do these things. And I think that was a really important element to put into 
the second one so you understand that people it isn't just that violence beget begets violence it's also compassion can be just as infectious and it was in notes it wasn't like yeah. necessarily discuss it was the things you find yeah i i will say as like as organic as a lot of these narratives are and the way they sprinkle them throughout areas i did all and particularly in the second one but they did it in the first one as well it I feel like people are real cavalier with their safe codes in this universe. I, I thought the same. Oh, God. <laughs> like, apparently, like, the world ends, and the first thing everyone thinks to do is, fuck, I got to write down my combination on a sticky note. Or, I'm gonna, or a oh, I'm gonna, Yeah, exactly. I'm going to code it as something that no one could find out, except it's right over there on that calendar. Circle. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I agree totally. I, I thought that multiple times. But, you know, convenient for me. I need the bullets. You you hit on you hit on the one one of the things I didn't like. I have a few things I hated, uh, and the safe codes is one of those. I I can get it intellectually, like I I do think it's cool, kind of like the unfolding of the map, the map mechanic. Um, I thought that was neat, but also super inconvenient and super clunky. And I I um, I'm not even embarrassed to tell you I looked up all the safe codes online. I just Ooh. sorry everyone. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Where's the where's the mute button? That's fine. Yep, you're out. Yeah, I said my piece. That's all I came here to do. <laughs> I, I hate that. I hated it, but I do think it was really cool to do. Yeah. It, it the 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 frequency of the safe the safe stuff in the second game reminded me of in the first game like just how many planks there were lying around yeah, that's true. <laughs> conveniently yeah, yeah, yeah. when you needed across. I something. forgot about that. That's yeah. that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, true. Planks, planks and ladders, and bricks and bottles everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yep. And the exact ammo for the exact kind of gun that I have, just like, oh, it's all over this living room. Great. So convenient. That that I'm willing to roll with because it is America. <laughs> that's, so. true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I guess true. if there's I guess if there's one place to for an apocalypse to go down and we're probably gonna be safe, it's America, because everyone around you's got tons of guns and weapons yeah I, I will say i was so glad that in between the games ellie learned how to swim because my least favorite part of the first uh, game yeah. was all of those times where it made you find some kind of <sighs> what it, like uh, not plank what are that what are those called the the wooden pallets the pallets you uh, had to find a pallet right. to like, and like swim through the water with it so ellie could jump on it and then you could ferry her across and you're like, both had, super vulnerable the whole time <laughs> yes and, like once or twice would have been fine, but it happened so many times. Yeah. I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. I love that. I was fine with that. I was more than fine with that. I think, um, Tim, what you're pointing out is kind of there. We've talked many, many times already uh, about how clever this game is and how creative it is. Um, but there is a repetitiveness to it. Um, yeah. And I will, I will say that, you know, I, if that's the worst I can say about this game, then, you know, it's pretty amazing. But there is kind of a, like, okay, you know the beats. You uh, kill an uh, enemy area, you loot it, you move on, you get some story stuff maybe, and then you find the next area, and it's like, okay, is it zombies? If it's zombies, this is how I'm going to play. If it's people, this is how I'm going to play. And it's just kind of that over and over again. Um, and I do, I felt that actually more in the first game than I do in the second game. I think they learned how to branch out a little bit more I agree. Uh, in the second game, but that element is still there. 
of kind of like, all right, I know, I know, I know how this goes. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a jump scare. I don't know when I know it's going to happen um, <laughs> and it's going to scare me every single time, but it is going to happen. And so there's, I think it's not that that's not a good mechanic. It was just kind of, they tend to lean on uh, some familiar stuff over and over again. And that does make it playable. If it were completely new and different every time uh, that would make it really hard to play. Um so it's they have to balance the playability and enjoyability of the game with being creative and being different. Um, and I thought I thought they hit that balance a little bit better in two than they did in one. Well, to, you know, to that point and with how they subvert expectations, I felt like the Rat King situation in the second one was was the antithesis of what you're describing. So, like, I got down there and I'm I, I'm I'm God, that's all ground stuff. zero, right? This I wanna, was ground zero. Yeah, I wanna I wanna stop. Okay. Stop okay. There. I, I I do want us to talk about the Rat King, but okay. I want to save that for when we okay. dig into part two more directly. Okay, okay. You're right. Can we I, haven't really I, finished talking about part one. Sure. But I, I just then I'll just say that that was uh, the example of them doing the opposite. I felt Fair. so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's it's a very unique kind of combat experience compared with the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah, but 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 they knew that what you were expecting, and then they just changed it a bit you know yep. they were like okay all right so anyway we'll get back to that but let's so let's let's kind of move forward then and let's talk about the end of the first game do because... we have to <laughs> which which yeah. which which part where do you want to start so i want to start with so because really any further discussion of the story really do, like for the series as a whole really does hinge That's on true. what they do in the end of the first game so to try to like briefly just lay out exactly what happens the the main plot of the story for anyone who doesn't know and is still listening anyway because they don't care about spoilers mo- the 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 premise of the game is basically you are predominantly playing as Joel though as we've discussed there is a section where you play as Ellie which we haven't even talked about the cool cannibal town that comes into play cool really cool can, actually, can we talk about that can yeah we? let's talk about that real quick and okay just because art depicts something doesn't mean they endorse it, Jack. <laughs> but so when I say cool, like I was very like I thought it was a really interesting story, and you know, so you you play as Ellie. She runs into these people in the woods when she's hunting David. David. They end up, you know, survive fending off a, a large group of infected, which is how the game refers to the zombies. That no one ever calls them zombies, which I like. I like that I they called them something different, yeah, because um, it gives it more of a distinct flavor. Yeah. Um, and they also didn't come up with any weird, like, cool slangy nickname, uh, which can be, if chosen poorly, can just really sour me on a. Uh, zombie apocalypse thing in general. I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I know there have been times when I'm like, oh, really? That's what you're going to call them? Okay. So, so you've watched Walking Dead too. Uh, right, yeah, exactly. I mean, oh it's just like, it's like it's, come on. Yeah. So Infected, I thought was a great choice. Yeah, otherwise we'd have got a bunch of, oh, it's the Mushroom Walkers. Right, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. I'm like, oh, come on. All right. But so, and and that's another thing that, you know, the game does really well is it throws you in these situations so that you can kind of, connect with different characters before you find out what their real motivations are. So they actually feel like real people and not just villains. So she, she kind of helps save these David and, and there's one other person while they're in the woods. 
And then you find out that they are part of the group of people that you previously murdered in the previous section of the game. They realize that you are those people, so they capture Ellie. And then on top of that, you find out they're cannibals because, again, this this series is 2020, the video game, where it's just yeah. stacking terrible things upon terrible yeah. things. Um. And yeah, eventually you go back and forth playing as Ellie and Joel because Joel wakes up and he's well enough to go after Ellie. So you go back and forth. He's trying to get to her. She's going through this town in the middle of a blizzard, eventually has a one-on-one showdown with David as the lodge they're in is burning to the ground around them, which that was probably my favorite combat encounter in in the whole first game. Yeah, she kicked his his ass a couple times, and he was trying to play it cool. Yeah, and you know, I, sympathize whatever it is he was trying to do, uh, either having her join his community or whatever. But um, she broke his fingers. Yeah, I mean, she really messed him up. Ellie yeah. doesn't take shit from anyone, which is part no. of the reason why I love Ellie. As oh a yeah, character. she's incredible. Well, and, and and that and that exchange in particular is super great because you play as Ellie. And up until this point, Joel sees her as the you know the the tag along and the sidekick, the the cargo, someone who can't take of take care of herself. And then this proves she can. It's like mm-hmm. all the lessons she is she's learned with Joel, she's able to do it. And uh, Joel is always like this this dispassionate, violent man. But in this, Ellie, like at the end when she's just hacking away at him, she's just fucking pissed yep and that's and that's the that's when he calls her baby girl which is oh man yep and that's because that's what that's how he referred to his daughter so pause cry yes that Mm -hmm. was me (laughs) but yeah that was kind of the turning point like we saw like him gradually warming up to her up to that point but yeah like when he when he breaks in and pulls her off of him and like holds her and calls her baby girl that was just like oh fuck like Uh, well, and, and don't you feel I, I'm curious what you you both think I well actually I have a question after this but I felt like they subverted the expectation again because I thought I remember playing it thinking like okay Joel's coming in Joel's because he, he he was you knew that and you're like okay so she's gonna get Ellie's gonna get messed up she's gonna get in a predicament and Joel's gonna come in as you know the male savior because that's what males do and instead yeah, I agree yeah. <laughs> but uh but instead, they had uh, they had Ellie Ellie take care took care of it and did everything she needed to do, and then Joel came in and like emotionally helped her, which I thought mm-hmm. was like he actually Whoa, held her back. What's yeah, happening? Yeah, he stopped her from going over the edge because he's been there. He knows. Yeah, he's he is over the edge. Yeah, he's in the barrel on the ground. Like he yeah. already went over the falls. That's, yeah. So, and I have a question for you because I didn't. I didn't pick up on this the first time, but as I've replayed it, like it definitely feels there. And I just want to make sure it's not me. There were some def. Did you guys pick up on some, some pedophile vibes? This was my David? question. Okay. This oh, was, course. this was Absolutely. my question. Cause Neil, Neil Druckmann d- says that that's not the case. So like what? the writings, I know I was, I had to go back and like confirm it. So apparently, uh, at least I believe it was Neil. He had said that, David was supposed to, or is supposed to be, or is, um, he's just looking out for his people. Like he kept calling Ellie special because he realized that she could help his community out. But I got the sense that he was a fucking pedophile. So I was going crazy when she fucking murdered him. But were we wrong? Even if, even if he wasn't necessarily a pedophile, 
I got the impression uh, that the reason he kept calling her special is because all he had were dudes. If he's going to like keep going with this society, he's going to need population. somebody to create more people. Yeah. Uh, so even if it wasn't directly like, ooh, he's into young girls, he's definitely into using her to uh, repopulate that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, if, even yeah. if it wasn't intentional, like like I said, I didn't pick up, I didn't really think of it much the, the first time I played it, but as I've revisited it, it's like, even if it's not intentional, it, it feels very much there. Which it's is, dirty. And yeah. that makes, and that makes, you know, Ellie, you know, basically just unnecessarily stabbing him is the best way I can put it. Cause she's, she's one. Like when you go through that, that segment, she's one, like you've killed him. And like you said, Joel comes in and she's just, she just will not stop. Yep. And, and, and to me that felt more, that kind of reinforced it because she's been through this traumatic experience and it felt then like there's, it, it really makes the whole thing super like, how you're supposed to feel really complicated because obviously yeah. what she's doing is overkill, but David, she's I, enjoying it. I don't even know if she, that no, she's, she's necessarily enjoying, enjoying it. it, but she is definitely, she is definitely releasing all of yeah. that pent up anxiety, aggression, rage yeah. all at once. Yeah. And like, you know, for the most part you would say, Oh, that's unnecessary. But again, like, especially replaying it. Oh, he was like, looking at her that way then it's kind of like it, it really kind of makes everything all sorts of different shades of gray because like yeah. fuck him but also does she need to stab him that ten thousandth time right yeah <laughs> yeah well i don't think she was stabbing him i think she was hacking his face with a machete but you know but, i mean i'm just tomato, splitting hairs <laughs> but so so that's winter, and then we head into summer, which is the the final stretch of the game. Or Do we I'm sorry, skip spring. spring? I was no, going to say. Do I, you know how seasons work, Tim? Tim doesn't know the seasons. Yeah. I mean, he Listen, does live in Ohio, so. I live in Ohio, and it's a pandemic and quarantine. That's true. We don't even know what outside nothing. is. Yeah, completely true. And did you see the weather in Colorado this week? Ah. <laughs> So, but anyway, so yes, so then, so that's the end of the winter segment. We go to spring and that's the final stretch of the game. Um, and that's like really where a lot of the, like the most, the things that linger the most in this game, I think come from because Ellie up until that point, she's very, she's very chipper. She's reading from her joke book. And when spring starts, she's gone through this huge traumatic ordeal with David Joel, like their their places have swapped. So now Joel is the one trying to get her to lighten up and like get her to read jokes and she doesn't care. And then we see the drafts. Yeah. And this I love is that part. So this is this is where I guess my potential unpopular opinion comes in. I think it's a great sequence. I've always been a little bit confused as to why that was like what everyone latched onto as the most memorable sequence of the game. Like I felt like everyone like took that out. Like I've seen posters and t-shirts and like everyone is like always focuses on that draft scene. And it's a, and I don't want to like shit on it too much because it's a great moment, but it always felt weird to me that that got so much play. So I want to see what you guys think. Uh, I thought that moment was, 
I mean, we haven't really touched on this yet, but uh, even though this is such a uh, grim, dark story, um, the visuals in this game are stunningly beautiful. Uh, they go well out of their way to make sure that what you're seeing, especially when you're outside, is lovely. You see uh, nature everywhere in cities, like things are just growing. Nature is healing. Um <laughs> <laughs> and you get a lot of sunsets and you get a lot just these beautiful beautiful visuals uh and i think coming out of winter winter you didn't get as many because you know you're kind of dealing with some shit um and so you're finally coming out of this really dark time visually and emotionally and you know ellie as you were just saying is all kind of bottled up and it's kind of just this reminder that things still can be beautiful. Things still can be interesting. Life can still surprise you. Uh, and I thought that, I, I'm not saying that to me, it was like, oh, one of the greatest moments of the game, but it absolutely was memorable and it was cool. I think also you don't encounter a lot of wildlife in that game. Or not a lot of interesting wildlife. Uh, you encounter, you know, like horses and like a rabbit that you kill, but there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of animals. And then all of a sudden, an animal that you see is a giraffe and not to mention you are way up high. You're on like you're in some buildings. So you're, you're on a balcony. Like, yeah. You are face to face with the giraffe. It's not a giraffe walking by and you see its legs. It's looking right at you. Like you could reach out and pet it. And I think it's just this kind of awe moment of like, Oh, okay. things are still cool in the world. Sometimes. S surprise, surprise. I think you're wrong, Tim. hundred percent. Um, so Ellie grew up in in the quarantine zone. So she hadn't she didn't go out a lot. In fact, her going out is what got her into trouble. It's how she got bit, right? Her and Riley. That's in yeah. the that's in the uh, the left behind part. But so she didn't. She's I mean, she had only read about animals. So for for her to see, that's what sort of brought her out of that. Like her being bottled. I feel like when she saw the giraffe. So like that moment was like not only her coming out of it, but her and Joel sharing this experience, with, with, which for her was super important because she'd never seen those type of animals before. Great and point. I hadn't thought of that. Okay. You know what? That makes sense. You guys, you Did guys I change are your right. mind? You guys are right. Yes. Uh, I don't necessarily know that you, you changed my mind, but I have, I, a, I have a better understanding. Like I can understand more why so many people have latched onto that scene the way they have. Like it, it makes it makes more sense to me now. So that's great, and I guess and and that is kind of needed because after that point we meet the fireflies. So mm -hmm. as I as I started saying before, the crux of the game is you are taking Ellie to this this base with the fireflies because she is immune. She and this is what the Left Behind DLC thing kind of focuses on. She went out with her friend Riley, got bit, but she didn't turn. For whatever reason, she just has this natural immunity to the disease. So Joel was tasked with taking Ellie to this Firefly-run hospital so they could try to form a vaccine. So at the end of the game, you get there. You've reached your goal. And Joel kind of hands her over. And he then finds out that in basi basically they have to go into her brain to get where, like, you know, to, to develop the vaccine and the process of developing a vaccine will kill her. 
And then what the game does is obviously Joel is not cool with this. And the game then puts you in the position of playing as Joel. You basically go on a rampage in this hospital to get to Ellie. You murder the doctors who are unarmed aside from like, there's a scalpel that one I think grabs whatever, but the doctors are just doctors. They're doing their thing. The game makes you murder them and take, take Ellie out essentially dooming the world there. Now there is no chance for a vaccine. And these are the actions of you as the protagonist. And it's such a, like, I, I really don't because and then the, the end of the game is Ellie, you know, Ellie wakes up. Joel gives her some BS about how there were other people with a vaccine. There, no, other in fact, there are other there were, immune. Other, other. That's right. I'm sorry. There are other people immune. So if there's a vaccine that can be developed, they can use those other immune people. So they didn't need her. And it's it's bullshit. We know it's bullshit. And the end of the, the game ends where. You know, the implication is Ellie is aware that something's wrong. There's some element of bullshit to this. And the game ends, you're walking back to uh, Jackson, which is where Joel's brother has set up. They have like a whole town that, that they're running. She flat out asks him if everything he said was true. He looks her in the eye and says, yes. End game. No, she no, goes, no, no, no. Well, no. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jack. You got I, it. If I get it wrong, let me know. She looks right back at him and goes, okay. And like, she chooses to believe him. She's like, she may feel yes, that something is you. wrong, but she chooses. She's like, okay, all right. I believe you. Let's go. And for, for so many reasons, I feel like that is just such an incredibly ballsy yeah. Wait and the game because so i mean obviously people focus on the ambiguity of that ending and how great it is that you have these two characters we've watched grow closer to each other that we've wrote an affinity for and basically choosing to carry on their relationship on this huge lie but even before that the fact that the game thrusts you as the protagonist into the role of murdering people who have the best interests of society as a whole at heart and have it be so that's not that's not entirely unreasonable like from large large big picture that's the wrong move to make but when you are looking at it from joel's perspective like there's a like you can understand why he's doing it like there's a certain amount of defense that you can levy at his choice, even though in like a grand moral sense, what he's doing is wrong. And that's incredible that the game was able to do that. I, I feel I feel like that that's what both games did very well is it takes good people and has them do some uh, not terrible, well, terrible things, but read, but reasonably terrible i guess because as a father i totally get what you would do for your kid which would be anything so uh, those decisions that joel made i totally understand but at the same time i also understood that it was completely unreasonable and ridiculous but that's the choice i would have made yeah and and if and i i think emotion is what gets all these characters into trouble all the way through part two which we can dive into but um by that 
by Joel not telling Ellie and like lying to her and her accepting it, I feel like, I don't know what you guys feel about this, but I feel like it was his ultimate sacrifice because he was willing to do that, willing to go to that level where he could destroy their relationship, but he was still willing to do it because I, I feel like even he probably knew that she knew that it was bullshit, but he still did it. Yeah. And I feel like at, it never really gets to this point necessarily. Like it comes close in part two, but it never really gets fully to this point. I feel like Joel would have accept, like if Ellie decided, fuck you, I'm never speaking to you again. Joel would have been fine with that. I mean, obviously yeah. he would have been upset, Agreed. but he yeah. still would have, he still would have been certain he made the right call. Well, he says it in the second one, right? Yeah. yeah. And that, and, and so this, uh, this is a great point to jump, fully into part two. Well, I want to hear what Jack has to say, if you don't mind. Oh, uh, sorry. I didn't realize she had, sorry. No, that's fine. Go ahead, Jack. Um, I was hosting things new to me. <laughs> uh, so the question is kind of about whether or not Joel regretted it. Like, can you kind of remind me? Cause I did have something to say. I just lost it. Oh, it we were talking about how like even, Joel was steadfast. He made the right decision. And like Jason was saying, his lying was a sacrifice in itself because even if she never wanted to speak to him again or want anything to do with him, he would still be fine with that choice. Yes. I absolutely think that Joel could not have lived without Ellie after that point. I think that there is nothing that would have compelled him to continue without her in the world. Um, and so I agree totally that he would have been willing to have her alive, but not speaking to him. That would have been worth it to him completely. Just her being alive in the world is the only thing that made the world inhabitable for him after that. Um, which I think par- is partly what he was afraid of in the first place. Um, and then to have that kind of happen to him. And so unexpectedly, they didn't allow him to say goodbye. They already had her in the hospital uh, under mm-hmm. sedation Prepped. when they yeah. told him, which I thought was unbelievably shitty. Uh, and they didn't even give her a choice, which I thought was also really shitty. I mean, neither did Joel, I, I to be fair. Um, he decided she should live. And it, it's just the lack of agency that she has in the end there, even though she's like one of the most important people in the entire world. And people are just ma- deciding this fate all around her. Um, and I mean, a little bit to get into too, she has to grapple with the fact that that choice was taken away from her, um, and Mm -hmm. the full implication of what that means. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's, that's something that part, one of the reason that I think part two is as good as it is, because I will say this, the ending of part one is so good. And I think a lot of people felt it was perfect. So when they announced there was going to be a second one, like my initial thought was, why? why? What are you? Why would you do this? To, why? Why would you ruin a perfectly good thing? Right. And 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 to part two's credit, because I like as they were saying they were going to do it and everything, the the thing that was constantly in my mind is, well, how are you going to get out of the shadow of the original game's yes. ending? And to, to part two's credit, they basically said. Well, we're yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna lean into <laughs> yep. it. Where yeah. they just, they yep. just, they basically made the ending of the first game the driving force of 
everything that happens in part two. So it, it wasn't so much a getting out of the shadow is we're setting up shop and basking yep. in the shadow. Yeah, we live and, here now. <laughs> you know, and like, we are going to address head on all of the potential fallout that may have happened because of Joel's yeah. choice. Incredible choice. Brilliant choice, honestly. And I'm, I was in the same exact boat. I had no idea how they could possibly come up with a plot that was even remotely as compelling or powerful as the first one. Um, and they did it. They really did. It's, it's mm -hmm. very different, but absolutely as memorable, absolutely as painful. Uh, and in some cases, I think stronger. Maybe not all cases, but many cases. Yeah, I've been thinking about that all day today since I started seeing both of your notes and stuff. But I, uh, I, I wanted to, I wanted to play the Switzerland for now, where I was like, they're both equally good. I <laughs> finished the second one not too long ago. It's like too soon. But to to that point, and uh, I think it might have been your note, Tim. And it, it, I feel like the second game, I, I'm forced to make a call, and it would be that the second one was better. Be only because the problem with sequels is you are the freshness is yes. gone. Mm -hmm. So no matter what you do, even if it's amazing, you still have to deal with people kind of know what to expect. And this made me, it like hit me so hard in so many different ways that I wasn't expecting. It's like the first game was great because I didn't expect this emotional, awesome yeah. story. And the second one was even better because it was like, oh my God, every expectation I had, they just fucking uppercutted yep. me. Yeah. And I think what helps too, because of their decision to to rely so much on, you know, what happened at the end of the first game is, even though this is this is happening four years later, there's this four year gulf between the games. It still feels connected, so it still feels like you have one larger story being told. Where because if if you did try to do a sequel where it was kind of a completely separate story and trying to do its own thing, like then you can kind of run that freshness thing where it kind of might be more of an issue. But because this is so tied to the first game, the freshness isn't as much of an issue because really this is just a continuation. They are just picking up with where they left off and running the rest of the way down the field. Well, the one thing that I definitely know they did just from some interviews I had read um, was that Neil had said that it's like, you can have a sequel, and you can boil it down to its components, and you can hit those beats again. That's what a lot of games do. It's what a lot of stories do. They want to hit those. They want the franchise to, you know, they want to hit those important They found the magic that, formula. They you, just want to do it again. Yeah, their algorithm. And I, I feel like they were like, well, let's do all, let's do the opposites. Let's sort of really turn everything around a bit, um, which I thought was a really smart move. Yeah. And the playing as other characters, I know that this got a lot of criticism but when I started playing as Abby, I knew, I was like, oh, yep. fuck, I know where this yeah. is headed, and I'm excited about it. And um, But there was a part of me who was like, okay, maybe it isn't going to go that way, and it's cool to see the world grow. So I was fine either way, um, but I think that was a, to, to do that, how they did it was super interesting. Yeah, and well, I, well actually, let's start with talking about the the switch to Abby since you brought it up, and then we can talk about other things. But because I know that's actually been uh, a flashpoint for a lot of the criticism and backlash that part two has gotten. Like a lot of people were very upset that halfway through the game, 
you switch from play from Ellie's perspective from playing as Ellie and play as who is essentially the villain. Like, cause Abby is the character that Ellie is seeking out because Abby kills Joel at the beginning of the mm-hmm. game because Abby is the daughter of the doctor you murder as Joel. At dun, the dun, dun, dun. So, so again, like leaning into the act that the end of the first game, like was a really smart move, but I think that was, and, and I, I can kind of understand it. Cause at first my thought was, wait, what? Yeah. Like, I want to go back to Ellie because Ellie is the character that I really, yeah. really like. But it's so great because you already played as Abby at the beginning of the game. You they they let you play as Abby leading up to her and her group killing Joel, which at, at the time, maybe naively, I was just like, oh, well, that was just to put us in our heads so that when Joel dies, it's not just some random people that killed him. We have more of a sense of the character. So really when you switch to Allie, Allie, Abby halfway through, it shouldn't be as big of a surprise, but it still kind of is. Totally. And while there was that momentary, uh, momentary, oh man, I want to keep playing as Ellie. The fact that you then basically double back and play the same time period in Seattle that you just did with Ellie from Abby's perspective like that's that ultimately I think is one of the stronger points of part two because it gives you this full sense of who the people are that up until this point have essentially just been endpoints. They've just been the people that you're trying Targets. to kill because they've wronged you. And now the game is saying, Well, hold the phone. Even the bad guys are people, which I mean, in a certain sense, we all know, and other other stories and mediums have done this as well. But, like, when you see that in a movie, you don't get to play as that person. Like, this is something that was incredibly effective by virtue of being a video yeah, game. Yeah, completely true. And I, everything you're saying is completely what I went through 100%. It was this, the second time you become Abby, you're like, what? No, no, not at all. I refuse. And, of course, the game doesn't let you have a choice in that. Especially because... Especially because the switch happens oh right God. after Abby kills um, Jesse. Oh no, yeah, Jesse. Thank you. Like she has found your hideout. She murdered your friend and shot Tommy. And, You're in like, the middle of a standoff with her, and then it stops. And then it's like, like you could you could almost hear the record yeah. scratch. <laughs> I thought you were wondering as, how as I got here. Was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Completely true. Oh my gosh! And it's um, and you jump back. The other thing I was like, first, I'm Abby. That's stupid, and I hate it. Second, you're making me play the same days over again. This is going to be boring. This is going to be, and it super was not. Oh my God. Mm -mm. It was completely different. Um, I thought like you, from Ellie's perspective, you kind of get these hints about where Abby is, um, but nothing really concrete. Um, And then you see when you're playing as Abby, why that is, because she's all over the place. She's having very much her own adventure. And by the end of playing Abby, uh, you end up right back in that spot where you are having this standoff. And I'm like, no, no, I can't do this. I'm both of these people now. You cannot do this to me. Oh my it was God. terrible. Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. I, I, I feel like, again, we, 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 go, we read books, we play games. The idea of revenge gets brought up. You can understand people's motivations, but understanding like... 
there's a distance there, whereas this puts you in it. Because I, I, unlike the two of you, was ready to play <laughs> as Abby right away. And I really dug it. But I, what I liked even more was it put me in to really understand where she was coming from. So she had her own motivations were yes. just as yes. true and real as Abby's. In fact, I would even argue, like, I feel worse for Abby because Abby... Yeah, I, I just, just clarification. You yeah. mean... Abby's motivations were just as real and true as Ellie's. Ellie, sorry, yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah. just I'm yeah. making sure I'm on yeah. there. Well, and Joel and everyone. That's the cool thing about the game is you can look at everyone's perspective and truly sort of under, whether you like it or not and whether you thought it was like a good story choice, choice is whatever. But it was very real, I felt like. Mm-hmm. And that was important to sort of, for, for you to go through a revenge tale, like you have to be invested. And that's why Joel's death was the most important because that propels everything. Yeah. And I, and that, like, if I had to, it's, it's, it's not by a lot because I love all of the things in this series, but that's part of the reason why part two is the best of the series for me is because lots of stories and games in particular revolve around the like cycle of violence and like, you know, revenge is bad and all of that. But the way that Last of Us handles it, to go back, they were very upfront. Like Neil Druckmann and like the promotions of the game were very upfront that the game was going to be about like vengeance being an empty pursuit. And at first, I was kind of like, uh, because I've you know we've seen lots of stories and lots of games in particular that have done that, and it rings hollow because a lot of games have tried to tackle that. But that theme always rings hollow because at the end of the day, you're still doing these badass, cool action shootout stuff. But where The Last of Us, I think, delivers on that is by because of the way they do the combat and because of how you jump back and forth between the characters, even when you do like theoretically cool, badass, like shooting action stuff, the game never tries to let you feel good about it. Yes. Like, expect, like when you're murdering dogs. Yeah, like, that's, that was, that was oh so Oh my tough. gosh. Oh like, my gosh. There's, there's nothing badass no. about that. Like anytime you might even conceivably feel cool about something, it doesn't take long for the game to throw a wet blanket yeah. on you. You know, and, I, I, you know, I'm sorry. Can we pause on the dog thing for one second? Yes. One goddamn <laughs> second. This game. Fuck yes. this game for yes. this reason, because I kill this goddamn dog as Ellie. That like at that point, because you're as you're Ellie, you're like, well, this dog was a threat and it's with the enemies. And then later on, they're like, here, let's play with this dog here. Throw the ball like like play with it. It's a nice dog. I was like, you sons of bitches. I'll play with this dog for a couple minutes because I did yes. kill it. So now I yes. have to like sit. In my I wrote film. I wrote down in my notes as I was playing. I wrote, how dare you make me feel things for the dog? I know I've already killed. Like, it's just not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. And earlier in the game, like you never think. Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna hate dogs. Like you're always, you know, it's one of those like rules in Hollywood and stuff. You never kill the dog, you never kill the kid. Um, and this game's like, nope, you kill all oh, the dogs. I killed so many dogs. I I tried so hard in a number of those encounters to try to get through without, yes. but it was so hard, and I always gave up and said, "Fuck it, I'm laying." They did it mines. on purpose. Yes. I'm laying trip mines down for all the dogs to run into. Uh, like it's it's the only way I'm getting through this goddamn. It was section. it was terrible. I could not believe 
how and then every time I would see a dog, I'd be like, no, another dog. And I was so angry at the dog. And I'm like, when did I become a person who hates dogs? How dare this game do this to me? It's just yeah. it made you feel all the feelings. It did. Jack. And I knew what I was getting into and I still was surprised. And before I jump into like the the culmination of playing as Abby, uh, Jason, I want to give you a chance to talk more about the Rat King. Because I know you brought that up before, and we talked about this a little before. The Rat King is fucking cool. Mm -hmm. I was initially really disappointed that you fought the Rat King as Abby and not Ellie. But you had a really, really compelling reason for why that actually worked out. So I want you to kind of touch on that. Oh, shit, remind me, because I'm going to ruin my own point. (laughs) Well, this was a mistake. (laughs) Uh, Shouldn't have had me on, Tim. Was it because... Go ahead. uh, Jason had mentioned before that... playing as Abby fighting this giant grotesque rat king infected was kind of what helps push you over to connecting with Abby as a character. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and and think of all the stuff she, how many times in the game, I thought this was really funny as it was happening and I didn't quite obviously grasp the importance, but in all the flashbacks with Owen, Owen was trying to be like, Hey, let's hang out. Let's just do whatever. Let's get. And she's like, no, I got to train. No, I got to train. No, I got a train. And because of that, she's this awesome Hulk. She's this tank. The, the first so thing I, I wrote like, about Abby was, holy shit, I'm jacked. Like, her arms are yeah. beefy oh. machines. She's so great. She's so great. Another, I felt like, play against type. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she's the badass. So when she goes down there, and she's in the, it was like, it was like. Ground zero. It was in hospital. hospital. It was in the hospital. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. ground zero. You're right. Um and she goes down there. It's like, well, there's no one else I feel like that really could have handled the Rat King. And she barely handled That was the fun part of the, the fight was it was this almost like you had to keep going. This It kept cutting scenes and it would get close to you and almost oh. fuck you up. And then, you know, you had to run away. It was so good. Um, but uh, I missed like my main point, which was that when you go down there, the door's closed. You can't get in. You know something's back there. You know there's going to be the jump scare. And you have to go turn on electricity. I loved having to go turn on oh the electricity because it was like, well, I fucking know hell is yes. in that door <laughs> that I'm, you know what I mean? So when she opens it and then has to fight it, it's fantastic. And only she could have done it. Yeah, that's a fair point because Ellie would have, it would have been a much tougher fight with Ellie. Because kind of like when you switch between Joel and Ellie in the first game, the game part two is very aware that these are two different characters that have their own skill set. So yeah. Abby plays much differently than Ellie does. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, one last thing, the motivation of her is great too, because when she goes down there, she's going down there and putting herself in this like horrible predicament at ground zero for two other characters, not of her tribe. So she's yeah. going down there. So, so it builds that whole, like you have a lot more sympathy and you empathize because she's going down there for, um, is it y- y- Yara? Yeah. Yara is the sister. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, of Yara her broken well. arms, which I thought was so good. Oh. And we have, yeah, I mean, I mean, we don't have time to go into everything, but yeah, we haven't even touched on like the stars, the 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 seraphs. Oh my god! This like cult that the WLF are essentially in a turf war with in Seattle, and kind of going back to like the organic storytelling and everything, just like the way you find out little bits and pieces about what this cult is all about just through peripheral stuff like it was a religion not a cult sorry 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 it was a religion because it was just as intolerant hi oh anyway 
Like it, there's there's never. I mean, you get some of it from Lev because, and I thought that was really cool too because Lev is cast out from this group because Lev is 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 presented as trans and they don't like that. But even with the fact that this this group has essentially cast Lev out, wants him dead. Throughout your experience as Abby, when you're interacting with Lev there's still like, there's no, just because they've cast him out, there's no hatred for the, like the message of the religion and the group. Lev still speaks very fondly of the teachings and everything. And like, we'll pass it on to Abby in your, just little conversations you have as you're climbing up the skyscrapers and everything. And like, I love Lev. Lev was such a great character. And and it was it was great and and like you said, Abby willing to go down into this ambulance like section where it's clear that to do what she wants to do is going to be just horrifying and still does it for these characters that honestly she just met, but still feels an affinity for it 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 shows that Abby isn't a bad person. No, quite the opposite. They actually, the the going between the two storylines, what they do with Ellie is they take the character you already have affinity for and show how she's kind of a monster. Like That's kind of her storyline yeah. in this. Yeah. And then they take Abby, mm-hmm. who you already think of as a monster, and flip her and make her into um, a very sympathetic character who you are rooting for, even though you don't want to. And that, like, there were two points in the game specifically where I did not want to do what yep. the game was telling me to do. The first is, like you said, like Ellie is kind of presented as a monster. The end of Ellie's day two, when she goes to make Nora talk, yep. like she drops down into the hallway. It's like flashing the red lights. Nora is like cowering, like against like the wall. And you just walk up as Ellie with like, with the red light and everything. My thought was like, holy shit, this is a horror yes. movie. And we're playing as the yes. monster. Like, and then it makes, like, and then you have to, like, beat Nora with a pipe or whatever to get her to talk. And I remember sitting there because the, the, the button comes up where it's, like, strike, yep. telling you what to do. And I waited. Me too. Like, it, it was a good, like, 90 yeah. seconds I waited me just too. to see if the game would let me not hit the button. And it sure doesn't, doesn't let you. You have to. You have to act like because some games will let you get away with it, where if you don't do the specific action after so long, it just does it yeah. for you. This game doesn't let you off that way. Like you have, have to, to do it physically, push the button to beat uh-huh. this person with a yeah. pipe in order to progress, and it's awful. Yeah. And then the second one, because we've been talking about, we switched to Ellie's pers- not Ellie Abby's perspective when we catch back up to where Abby has shot Jesse, you then have to fight Ellie as Abby. And it is the worst. worst worst experience I've ever had in a video game because I just did not want to do any of it. I let Ellie kill Ellie. Like there's a point where you have, you're you yes. like strangling Ellie and I stop. Yes. I'm like, I don't want to yes. do this. And then Ellie stabs yeah. you in the neck and yes. kills you. And I'm like, yep. fuck. Game over. <laughs> Comple- I would argue it, that for me, that was the second worst is that uh, the time that you're Abby chasing Ellie. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I think the absolute worst is the very end of the game where they combine those two yes. worst things that you just talked about into one fight, which is where you are beating the yeah. shit out of Abby 
with your fists. And she's half dead already. And so are you. And it is monstrous. It is the worst feeling I've ever had in a video game. Yeah, that final fight, like, and I think that's intentional. That was such an intentional part on the game's the game's part because it hammered home the whole revenge is bad kind of thing because you have you have spent most of the entire game as Ellie. You have been working to this point to fight Abby, to kill Abby. And when you finally do, it's, you know, Abby's already like half dead. She was, you know, we saw her before. She was built. And when we get to her, you know, that other group that had captured her, when we get to that final stretch rattlers. of the game, she's been like hung out to die. Yeah, the Rattlers. She's been like left out to die. She's like a shriveled shell of her former self. And so you are fighting her. And it is one of the, it is, the, the, the thought that kept coming to mind was it is pitiful. It is such a pitiful final confrontation. And that's the point, like, because the game is trying to make you like ask, like, I did all this fucking work and this is what I got for it. Like this, was this worth all of the pain and suffering and everything that has come, that I went through to get to this point. And it's, it's awful, but it's so perfect as well. Totally. It was the first game I felt like uh, I, we, we this was said about the earlier fight not wanting to do it, but I felt like I was at, I was battling myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I really did, and and that was a weird feeling to have, and to have it in a video game, it was it was so great. It was so great to to have that. Um, yeah, and it, and it wasn't really worth it, right? In Isn't the end, it sort of didn't even of the matter. Point? They kept sh- they kept showing. I'm sorry, Tim. They kept showing Abby. Like she kills Joel, which is what she wants to do, right? That's like the whole, everything's going to be better because Joel killed her father. And then she kept waking up with nightmares. So it didn't help her. Mm-mm. And then she kept trying to let, uh, she kept try- she kept letting uh, Ellie go only to have Ellie come back to bite her in the ass several times. Um, but as it turned out, this time Ellie comes back and ends up saving her. That's the ultimate thing, which I thought was like really poetic that, it was like Ellie to pull her out and to save her and let save her yeah. and then try to murder her and come extremely, extremely close and then decide at the literal very last second not to do it. It was just incredibly bitter in in, yeah. in a really fascinating way. The fact that Ellie could not let go of her uh her anger and hatred and um it's just this cycle, this never-ending cycle. Well, you hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you. Oh, well, you hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. And uh, the fact that Ellie even was happy, she was in a good place before she went back for Abby the final time. She she, she gave, gave it, it all up for this vengeance quest. Like, she was with her um, girlfriend, Dina. And, Dina and JJ. Yeah, and they were in this idyllic farm. They had sheep. They had It was this beautiful life. The game goes extremely out of its way to show you how wonderful their life is now. To the point where I kept asking, is this a dream? Is she dreaming? She wasn't. And then decides, I can't live with this if Abby's still alive. Goes after her. Ends up saving her. Then trying to kill her. And then is like, I guess this isn't worth it. And then lets her live and lets her go. Yeah. Well, it was her memory of Joel, right, Jack? You just watched, you just sure did, did this last night. So wasn't wasn't it as she's drowning Abby? It's Joel, but it's Joel instead of getting murdered. It's Joel yeah. Abby 
right? Correct. Playing yeah. guitar. And I love that. Like that's such, and that's such great storytelling on the game's part because we see, especially in the Rattler section, that final section of the game, there are a number of points where, at, uh, sorry, Ellie is like down. She's trying to get herself to keep going. And you see like a flash of Joel when he's about to be yeah, murdered. When Abby's like, killing yeah, The him. last time she saw it. So we keep like, she keeps seeing flashes of that. But then at the end, when she's about to drown Abby, she sees a flash of Joel when he's the last time she saw him yeah. live. And that's when she gives up. And like, you, that, that's when like it switches to where she realizes that she needs to focus on the good part, the Joel she wants to yeah. remember. And then you get the flashback where she, the, the final conversation she really has with Joel because we find out earlier in the game she has definitively learned that Joel yeah, has lied truth. to her and it, you know, they're not on the best speaking terms. And then there's that final conversation that between the two of them. And like, there, there's that's where the waterworks came for me because she, she makes a comment of like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to forgive you. But, but I'm going to try. And it was just like, oh, yep. God. Tears immediately. I lost track of how many times yeah. I cried in this game. I know I cried then. I cried, I'm pretty sure, for a solid 20 minutes when Joel died the first time because I couldn't believe it was happening. And then it, the game just kept going. I'm like, I'm not ready for the game to keep going. So I'm just playing, <laughs> like doing all these things in the game while tears continue to stream down my face. There's a lot of crying. You know, the that this whole thing brings up an interesting idea because... So she ha- Ellie has the flashback of Joel, what Joel, the happy Joel, and what Joel would want, and she doesn't kill Abby. But Abby was having those nightmares after she killed Joel, and it wasn't until she helped yeah, Lev right. and Yara that she woke up from, finally had a good night's sleep. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, she's not waking up from a nightmare anymore. So, you know, to take that whole, it's about revenge, but maybe it's about, you know, survivor's guilt and PTSD and having to like, regain your humanity in some, some I really yeah. enjoyed enjoyed is a weird word for what I'm about to say but uh <laughs> I thought they did an excellent job kind of portraying PTSD especially you know I just said before mm-hmm. how Ellie had this idyllic life with Dina and on the farm and they, everything was perfect and it really wasn't and they they made sure to show that as well cuz as you know she's herding the sheep into the barn and everything's wonderful uh all of a sudden you hear a lamb crying and you realize it's way in the back of the barn and you realize the back of the barn is very dark. And as I mentioned before, I was playing with like my roommates were around and all of us go, Oh no, I don't like this. Oh, I don't like it. Like we all start freaking out. (laughs) And so she goes to the back of this very dark barn to get this lamb. And all of a sudden a wind starts blowing and uh, blows shut the door. And so she's in complete darkness and this lamb is just screaming and crying. And it suddenly flips into uh, her worst nightmare memory of Joel dying and her not being able to get to him and she's just screaming and screaming and it's like, yeah, she's trapped. Even though she has this wonderful life, she is still trapped in these memories in this cycle and she can't get out of it. And that was really well handled on uh, with both characters, I think. You know, to, 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 in that scene in particular, I don't know, I don't know if you guys caught this, but the Tommy thing was really interesting because in the beginning of two after Joel dies, Tommy like is like, we don't need this. We don't need to do this. It's fine. And then Ellie pushes him. And then at the, at in that point, right after that, yeah, it's like, he comes in and he is like, he threw in some digs oh, was that cruel. was hard for oh, me to, he I... was really cruel. I can't do this. You, you, you promised, promised me. me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Even Tommy was technically correct, <laughs> but I fucking hated him in that, in that moment, moment so much. It reminded me, it reminded it reminded me of 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 like a John Mulaney quipper. Just because you're right doesn't mean you're interesting. Oh, like, that's that was, so good. That was like a similar yeah. similar kind of mindset. Yeah. Like, well, isn't that the point? I, I feel like at the game, everyone's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Agree, it know? was great. Um, I quickly want to shift into um, there's a there's a a small criticism, well, a criticism I had of the game that kind of ties into that of uh, when I was first playing, you know, towards the beginning when I didn't really know what this game was, because I looked at nothing. I have not looked at criticisms. I've not looked at news. I knew nothing of what this game was about, except it is That's a sequel. That is it. Best. I went in totally blank. Um, and so as it was Same. starting out, it was like, OK, so the driving force of this game is revenge. And I was like, that's not as interesting as a driving force of hope, which was the first game. Uh, and so for a lot of the game, that was kind of kind of what I was thinking is like, you, it, it's not until about a quarter of the way into the game, you find out that Dina, who you're traveling with, is pregnant. It's like, okay, so I guess now my goal is to like protect her, like maybe for the rest of the game, I'm going to have to protect her. And as the game progresses, it's clear that the story it's telling is not at all that simple every aspect of this game is much more complicated than it first seems. And I think we keep talking about how it subverts all your expectations and it does it with that too. The point of the game isn't revenge. The driving force of your actions as characters is revenge, but that is not the point of the game at all. And the point of the game is to be like, revenge is stupid and it doesn't do anything for you. Like there is no happiness that is brought by revenge. It just makes everything worse. By the end of the game, every character is worse off uh, because mm -hmm. of their vengeance quest. Um, and it's excellent. Ultimately, I think th the game is about Ellie finally re regaining her humanity. That's really like, that's, that's where the, her art yeah. goes. Yeah. She's on this quest for vengeance and she... I mean, it takes her losing so yeah. much, including her ability to play oh, the guitar, God. which is like what Joel passed <laughs> down to her, which just makes everything so much worse. But that wasn't all. There was the mother's switchblade. Yeah. Her, yep. her only link to her mother. She fucking yep. lost she that. She, she gives up so much only to finally come around and realize how unnecessary yeah. it was, which we see when she eventually decides she's not going to kill Abby and let her and Lev go off to yeah. whatever. But, oh, um, but I, I do, cause we're, we're getting, we're getting close to where I want to wrap things up, but we've spent so much time talking about how great we think this is. And I know we talked about some criticism early on, you know, kind of half jokingly about the, the planks and shit like that. Uh, and the kind of lack of freedom, because this is very much a narrative game. The game wants to kind of, corral you into a very specific path but i know there are some other criticisms that people have uh, about the game so jack you had mentioned something you wanted to bring into and i and i think it's one that we agree on so i'll let you go i had a couple of i would say smaller criticisms one um minor one i'll bring up first is i do miss ellie being more talkative i think one of the strengths of the game uh the first game i should say is that ellie was uh, chatty, we kind of talked about it earlier, and she was kind of like goofy and telling jokes mm -hmm. and things, and that broke up a lot of the heaviness of the game. And the first one, she had already been through so much shit before she even met Joel. She'd had so many caretakers die on her, and like there'd been a lot, but she still was kind of like fun. 
Um, and that kind of kept the game from drowning in its own seriousness. And I felt like this one with Ellie now being the dark one and being the stoic one, I feel like it lost a little bit of that. Um, but I see the point. I know why Ellie was that way. Like, I get it. It just was something I missed a little bit about the first game. Alternatively, a different criticism I have is that I got lost all the damn time. Uh, I am <laughs> not, I am directionally challenged in real life and even more so in a game. And I would end up going in circles over and over again. I could not focus on where I was. And uh, before I was playing this game, uh, I was actually playing Breath of the Wild for the first time. Um, I tend to, yeah, oh yeah, game. unbelievable. Uh, I tend to avoid games that uh, I, I I tried to fight playing Breath of the Wild because I knew it would eat me alive because I'm a completionist. Uh, so and it is in fact eating me alive. Um, but it does have a great map function in it where you can mark things on the map all the time. So you're like, okay, I can't deal with this yes. right now. I want to come back to it or just. I yeah, love that. this game gives you a little taste of that in the beginning, and then you never get it again. In the Seattle day one, and was one chunk, you have this map. And as you're going through, she'll mark things on it, and you kind of have an idea of where you are and where you're going to go. And I thought, okay, cool. This will be very helpful because I don't know where I am at any given time ever. Uh, but it ha it's gone after that. And I just i am like, I don't know where anything is. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where that thing is that I wanted to check out. It was very frustrating. That I think was my biggest beef with the game. Yeah, there were a couple of points that I got turned around and had to rearrange myself to. That's the same yeah. problem. My my biggest like gameplay complaint, and this is something that the first game does. This is all of them do. We haven't really talked about Left Behind much, but that's that's fine because it's meant as like an extra part of the first game. You get more of Ellie's backstory. But I feel like the series as a whole is super impatient. Yes. And it and it drives me crazy because like because if you're in an area, if there's some place you're supposed to be, it really doesn't take that long for the game to like either like press L3 for a hint or have if you're play, if you're traveling with another character like Dina or something, for them to go, I think yeah. we should go this <laughs> yeah. way. And it's like, okay, but I want to explore because part of a big part of the game is you need to explore. You need to scavenge for yes. resources. Otherwise you're not going to yes. make it. And the game, the game puts so much work into the details yes. and leaving those like notes and artifacts we've talked about. So on the one hand, it's like, here's all this stuff for you to explore. And on the other, the game's going, well, hurry the yeah. fuck up. Yeah. And like, no, let me goddamn yeah. look yeah. at this. And I, again, like, I'm a completionist. I, yes, I'm a completionist. I want everything. Yeah. I want to capture every single possible thing that the game has to offer. But then constantly the game's like, let's go that let's go over here. What's what's this way? Hey, do you need a hint? No, I'm looking at this. Okay, but do you need will, a hint? I really don't. Thank you. I will climb through that window when I'm yeah, getting ready. Exactly. Goddamn dictator. <laughs> <laughs> and that does go back to what I said at the beginning. And one of the the, the 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 criticism that I think is the most fair of the series is, you know, this is not like an open world game. Yeah. This isn't like a lot of other video games that we have currently where you have a lot of freedom to explore and do things however you want. There is a very specific experience that you are meant to go through. Yeah, absolutely. I had a, a more of a, a weird personal issue with some of the Lev stuff. As like a you know middle aged straight white cis male, I can't really comment on you know 
trans issues. But I felt like the the Lev stuff was like way it went way too far. Meaning like they, I felt like they tortured Lev. Like oh, did, it, okay. did she? I'm sorry. Did he really have to go through all kill his his mother at the end? Like I just that felt like they really hammered it like so hard, and I didn't necessarily see the need for that other than maybe Abby bonding with Lev a little bit more, but I already felt that they did. They already had that before. Did they really have to just, I I don't know. It just felt like too much. It was kind of like you have this diverse character and the only reason you have them is essentially to make things terrible for them as possible. That's I can see that. Yeah. I think at the point of, I thought uh, Lev, Lev wanted to save his mother. He went back because they knew they were going to make a run for it. And so Lev couldn't live with himself without trying to get his mother. Uh, And then his mother tried to kill him. And so he had to kill her in self-defense. And that was, I mean, thank goodness. That is one of the few atrocities that we don't have to see in this game. Uh, But um, I think the point of that, and while I agree with you totally, it was like, well, damn, Lev's life is very difficult. I think the point was they needed to get by the end of the game to the point that Lev and Abby were all each other had. That was it. They were com- they were their family. Like they were each other's family. Abby even says it to Lev at one point. I think she says, "You are my people." Um, and so yeah. I think they took a real rough, rough way to get there. Um, and I agree, maybe it wasn't quite so necessary, but at the same time everybody in this game has kind of the worst possible outcome happen to them while they're still end up alive. Well, that was the only thing I felt to me that was excessive. Like I had already gotten the point and I was there and then they, they, they had Lev kill his mother and I was like, all yeah. right guys. Yeah. Okay. It was a lot. Yeah, that's fair. There, I, I love these games so yeah. much, but like, yeah, there are some valid criticisms. It's just, as long as it's not, you know, cause I didn't look at, there was a lot of backlash to this game and I intentionally didn't look at it until I finished. Cause I didn't want it to ruin anything, but so much of it was just Gamergate bullshit. Like people mad that they were forcing politics into the game by including gay characters and a trans character, people pissed off that they killed Joel at the beginning. And now you have to play as a girl. And like the worst. they review bombed the game. They review bombed the game. Like within like, the, the reviews were going up when, as soon as like the game was released and you were able to post them. And like, this is a 30 hour yeah. game, a 25 to 30 hours. There's no way they were able to play through it in the amount of time that they were, that they were posting. So it was, so most of the criticism I was seeing was so bad faith, but they're like, like you guys have, like we brought up, there are some legitimate criticisms that can be levied at this otherwise stellar series. Where, where was the backlash when it turned out Bill was gay? Where was the backlash when the Left Behind DLC came out? And you oh, there was Ellie huge was... backlash for that for the Left Behind. There was, was some there? backlash. To oh, Left Behind. Huge. I, People I lost their minds. All of that. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I stand corrected. Then people are uh, dumb. Yeah. got it. I'm the, with you. <laughs> the Bill, the Bill stuff. It wasn't as bad because it it was more subtext. Like it was easy to ignore if you were inclined to not give a shit about, you know, that's, that kind of stuff. But once, but once this, the, once the series started to be more upfront, like, yeah, Ellie's gay. Yeah. Here's these characters that are not the, 
generic yep. normal type that's when everyone that's when all of a sudden you know they became snowflakes yeah. weird right <laughs> the the, <laughs> the the diversity of this of this sequel was the other thing i thought was like one of its strongest totally. elements yes. you know Especially- I'm, I'm so great i'm playing as these two fantastic and strong and complex and messy women. It was, ah, so good. And it's something that's still rare to see in like blockbuster AAA games. Absolutely. So the fact that The Last of Us like has embraced it to this degree is pretty cool. But let's, let's try to wrap things up here. So final thoughts. Wait, 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 forgetting something. Tim, how was the drink? Oh, I finished it a while ago. (laughs) I, I finished both my drinks. Um, it was fine. It was. It was Would fun. you have it again? That's a uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> you had to think way yeah, too hard about no, it. You liar. <laughs> like, like if I if I showed up at your place and you were going to be like, I'm going to fuck with Tim. I'm going to give him this this mushroom drink again. I'd drink it. I wouldn't give you the satisfaction of turning it down. It's not yeah, that I bad. I know. Okay. All right. Anyway, um, let's let's try to wrap things up and get into some final thoughts. So, Jack, let's start with you. Final thoughts on the series. Uh, final thoughts are um, the series as a whole is amazing. I really did not think going into the second one that I would appreciate it. I thought it would be like, you know, good, but I didn't think it would kind of last or have the same impact as the, as the first one. And I guess it doesn't have the same impact as the first one. It's actually way more complex than the first one uh, and leaves you with a ton of a ton to think about. I mean, I'm just going to be thinking about this forever in the same way that you think about the first one forever. That doesn't leave you that game. Um, and I thought it was amazing that they took kind of quote unquote, the bad guy and made that person so real to you. Like Abby has um, real flaws. What is, what is it? She's afraid. She's afraid of heights. And they kept using that in a yeah. way that really yeah, made her re- relatable. If you were up high and looked down, you could hear her her start breathing faster uh, and the kind of mm-hmm. screen would go just a little bit wobbly, which didn't happen with Ellie. It was amazing. And you end up having some of the best parts of the entire game are when you're Abby. For example, um, the assault on the island, which we didn't talk that much about where the, the, uh, the scars, the Seraphites live. Unbelievable at the end. The entire, you're fighting your way through a world on fire. And it's beautiful and terrifying. Unbelievable. The Sky Bridge, which we touched on super briefly, where she is terrified of heights. And you literally have to go to the top of the skyscraper and climb across this crazy haphazard one lane type of makeshift bridge. And it's stunning. And then there's Ground Zero, which we did talk about. All of that is in Abbey. It's like, oh, I never thought I'd play Last of Us and kind of be rooting for somebody Ellie's trying to kill. That's... And the wrecking King. King, in Ground Zero, yeah, exactly. It's it was stunning. It's really a stunning piece of work, and everyone should play it. Jason, uh, I just want to say that I, I like things that are really difficult and messy and challenging, and and you know, uncomfortable, especially uncomfortable. I feel like that comes with being challenged. So I guess the only thing that I would really push is that I hope that if there is another one or, or naughty dog puts out more properties. It's just as thoughtful and as difficult and as emotionally challenging as this was, because that's really what I enjoyed. Yeah. 
and we nor normally we'll we'll talk about like where we think the series could go from here and everything and we kind of we talked about so many other things we didn't really have time but just as part of my my final thoughts like this is a series that to me has always exceeded expectations so like when the I was in on day one. My my roommate at the time was very into the Uncharted game. So Naughty Dog was on his radar. So he showed me the very first trailer for the first game. And I was like, oh, that seems really cool. So then I kept looking into it. I've taken off work when both games have been released. So I could just play like, <laughs> through. Uh, like the second one, like I said before, I really wasn't sure how to feel about making a sequel because the first one was so good. And they knocked it out of the park. So I'm part of me wants to be like it should end here because it's perfect but i said that at the end of the second i said that at the end of the first game and you know give me they, more tim give me more so what the fuck do i know basically so if if they do end up announcing that they want to make a third one at this point they have more than earned the benefit of the, of the doubt on my Agreed. end and i will eagerly look forward to anything that Neil Druckmann wants to throw out there if they decide they don't have an idea worth exploring and it does end with part two I will be equally as ecstatic because we've gotten these you know two games plus a DLC that have just told an amazing story uh I have one last thing I thought of um that I wanted to say which was I mentioned in the beginning that I'm not much of a uh shooter gamer i'm not much into that type of game uh not that i don't enjoy them i'm just not very good at them it's not really in my skill set but something i loved about this game was it gives you so many options for difficulty you can turn up and down very specific oh, yeah. aspects of the game so that it works for you um which i thought it makes it so accessible so even if you are not somebody who plays this type of game very much i assure you you can play this one um even if you're, even if they, they went all out, because yeah. even if you have like various disabilities, yes. they're the, the difficulty settings are so yes. intense. Like even if you're like visually impaired, you can change the game. So it's just like colored polygons, yes. essentially. Yep. Like they, 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 they were keeping everyone in yeah. mind so that as many people as possible could play I, this uh, One of my roommates is an ASL interpreter and she actually had already heard of this game because they do so much for even if you're like hard of hearing so you can't hear the visual cues they have tons of visual cues and uh the controller will vibrate a lot and you can kind of mess with those settings as well so it's like they really like you said tried hard to make this game accessible yeah. to everybody which i love and appreciate so the the general consensus uh, seems to be if you like video games uh you should be playing this just be prepared to cry and have your soul crushed because that comes the museum the remember the museum part the museum flashback yeah. oh my god whole oh, oh my god cried forever oh uh, well now i feel like we need to spend 15 minutes talking about that we can't, but, we can't. but it's so many good things that we didn't even get a chance yep. to touch on but it's yeah. that good it's that good so that does it for the last of us that does it for this episode of franchise strikes back i want to thank my special guests jack macklin and jason mingus thank you guys for joining me thanks uh, for having us fans of the show if you guys have been listening to this podcast please find us on social media we have a facebook page uh twitter account at back franchise we're on instagram uh follow us on spotify subscribe to us on itunes leave us a review those those are helpful for algorithm purposes i'm told 
And uh, join us next time. This kind of got in, this is kind of spooky, but uh, next episode we're gonna jump into a couple Halloween themed episodes. So the next one will be Ghoulies, the Ghoulies franchise, and uh, it's probably gonna be real bad. So we they're terrible and great. Uh, so that is what we have to look forward to next time. I watched the first one already in preparation, and yes, uh, it's gonna be a treat. It's gonna be something. So we will see you guys next time. Take care. Let's review some films. Let's review some films. See what we gotta say.